The coolest way to get through the summer heat is with a $69 AC tune-up from Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. $69 to make sure your air conditioning is working at peak cooling. Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all. Because when you focus only on heating and cooling for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. And summer heat is when Vernon can show you how good with their $69 AC tune-up. Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. Online at vernonheating.com. Marco Hoyce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Graceful. Sally Hurts down for Anthony Modest. Royce. Not a bad idea. And there it is for Coco. For Borussia Dortmund. The long wait is over. Hey, welcome back to the BVB Podcast. My name's Jake, hanging with Carver. As always, uh, we had a, a snow day in St. Louis yesterday, even though uh, it didn't snow that much. We still both got to work from home, which was nice. Uh, now we're recording from home, but Carver, how are you doing? Join your snow day. And uh, oh, what the point of the snow day story was, we had a <laughs> midweek game yesterday, so we both got to watch it from the comfort of our homes while working instead of watching it from the office. Did you miss that, Jake? Did you miss having to sit and clench for 90 plus minutes at least twice or so a week with this team? I mean, my God, I I, I thought I was really excited to finally see Dortmund play again after what, 78 or 79 days. And after just the Augsburg game, I was like, I think I need a break. I mean, it's, 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 it's still the, the, our, it's our Dortmund that we, that we love. They (laughs) haven't changed much. Um, and although we can, we look at these two games and think, "Wow, two two wins on the trot," and uh, wow, we we got we got by and we still got we got six points out of these last two games, six points in a week. That feels nice. Uh, but really, it's like, man, we we're really hoping, and of course, we're going to dive into everything. But like, we we're hoping to come out of this World Cup break and and have stuff figured out. And the fact, like, two wins makes me want to be optimistic. But the fact that it's like, man, we still have to figure everything out. Uh, it's a little, a little scary. Yeah, it doesn't look like much of anything was addressed. I mean, really, I guess you could make an argument for our set pieces, at least in the attacking sense. We look a little bit more dangerous in um, that sense. We've had two goals scored in two games from set pieces. And before that, I think it was like almost 100 matches, if I'm not wrong, or something ridiculous where we scored in a set piece. So um, besides that, there hasn't really much that's you've seen that's changed from this club which is really really disappointing i thought, I thought you were gonna say there's there's nothing really else to discuss there's not much else to discuss <laughs> let's so wrap it up it let's get episode. out of here dortmund's the same and we'll see you guys next week <laughs> no but uh we we do have some news before we jump into the game of course uh we're recapping augsburg and mainz give a quick preview of the leverkusen game this coming weekend it has been like right when i hit record i was like oh man it's like it's been a while since we've recapped the game, so I don't know how. I don't know if I remember how to do this because um, we've just been like doing some random previews and like mid-season reviews and stuff. But it's been a while since we actually recapped the game, so we'll get into that. But first, let's start with the Makoko news. Um, I think we recorded the night before he we signed, did, and, or and you <laughs> called it. It could be out by the episode, so or the news could be out by the time yeah. our episode drops. So, deal done. Got it over the line. Makoko signed. He seems happy. 
we're happy. I'm glad. Like it seemed like there was a lot of drama back and forth, but I think the statement after kind of solidified like he was planning to stay. I don't. I don't know. All the where all the drama needed to come from, but I mean that's just that's football for you. But uh, deal done. Signed through 2026. How are you feeling about it? Well, it's only a three year deal, so that's you know oh, it yeah, makes the question a little bit feels way further away than it actually is. Yeah, it's 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 not that far away, and it, and it just makes you kind of question the quote that he had. He had a few different statements after extending, and one of them was just saying, you know, I followed my heart. I wanted to you know play for the club that I love and everything, and so that one was, I don't know, a bit um, a bit sussy. But <laughs> other than that, I mean, of course, he did talk about how he wants to take the next step in his career, and he thinks that should be here where he got his you know first professional minutes, of course, and. I spent his almost his entire youth career as well. So um, at least we got it done and dusted. Don't have to worry about that for the next few years with a combination of him and Halaire. You know, we could look forward and think we have the strikers figured out. Yeah, hopefully. And then uh, the other news uh, kind of break, not breaking today, but it looks like it, it finally got over the line. Uh, the latest tweet I saw as of we're recording uh, the evening of the 26th was I'm going to guess it's another Julian, not Julian, but Julian uh, Durinville. Have you seen the news on this? 16-year-old Belgian mm-hmm. uh, youth international uh, who has been getting some caps with the, the first team with this club in Belgium, forward winger, uh, 16. It looks like this, like he had his medical. Uh, it looks like he signed, and it should be, this one also should be announced by the time this episode is out. Looks like that the announcement's going to be out there, but um, young prospects, it's kind of like the Dortmund move where we like to sign young guys and and give them and help develop them. So it looks like uh, this this is the move. So an exciting winger forward option yeah, for the future. Yeah, but the, if with this one, it's a little bit more exciting in the sense that he's going to be put directly into the first team. You know, people like Prince uh, Anning that we signed as another youth winger. That I mean, he's still pretty exciting. When the, from what little I saw in the preseason, uh, he's going to be on the second team for a little while. But. Um, this new one is uh, the new signing is going to be right back into our first team, which is nice. So it looks like the club is going to really try and address some of our wing slash wing back problems. And, you know, I think the other person we're looking at is yeah, Ivan Fresneda from this. I think it's, I don't know if it's the first division of Spain. Now that I think I do not watch much of the Spanish league whatsoever, but um, uh, are, are they good enough to play for this club at the kind of level we're demanding yet? I don't know. I haven't really seen either of them play to be honest with you, but at least we're looking to fill those holes a little bit and maybe we could uh, invest into some starters into the summer. Yeah, I, I just watched some like YouTube highlights of Durinville because I didn't know much about him. And I was like, let me let me just pull up some things so I could get a a brief idea before we record because kind of just wing it sometimes. Uh, but I mean, that's what happens when they just like go after these young guys I've never heard of. It's like, I don't know what to expect. I, hopefully, cool. I don't know. But um, I mean, it. it we'll talk about JBG, Bono Gittens later, and of course, Jaden Sancho and Jude Bellingham. Like it, it can work. Uh, we can get some high quality talent. Uh, but it, there's a lot of just maybe and what if and who knows, and we'll have to wait and see. But the, I mean, the highlights I saw, I think he's, if I pulled up the right stats, I think he's only played six games for uh, the first team uh, so far this year. And I think with one goal and the highlights I were watching, I was watching, I could not tell if he was playing against youth kids or first team. I don't know. He looked. Very pacey, a lot of skill on the ball. Yeah, very technically um, gifted. He he's only like five seven, but he looked pretty physical, uh, winning the ball back and and just being able to go like play it through guys uh, and run past players. But again, I don't know if he's 
if he's playing against teenagers, that makes sense. <laughs> I couldn't tell uh, in the the YouTube clips I was watching uh, a little grainy, but hopefully an exciting prospect and and maybe some depth if we if we need him in the second half of the season, which we're officially at now. I think during the World Cup break, I said a lot like, oh, halfway point of the season. We weren't quite there yet. Now we've hit it, uh, officially hitting that halfway point of the season. But let's jump right into, if you're ready, start recapping Augsburg, the exciting four to three thriller in in Dortmund. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was... I said it, it, was it was it was an absolute thriller and, and just back and forth the entire game. I could not believe I, we both called a three nil. If I'm not wrong, uh, I just thought <laughs> we were going to be too overwhelming for Idiots. Augsburg. But we just I mean it wasn't even really the sense that Augsburg was dangerous, but we just kept letting them get back into the game. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, I was really excited to see a bench with actual depth for the first time, and I don't even want to say this season, but like going back far back in the last season as well. I mean. We had three number nines, healthy number nines in our squad, Makoko, Seb, and of course, Modest. I can't remember the last time when we've had three options uh, for a game like this, for a number nine spot. Um, and you have options that play a little wider if you'd like. You have Jamie Lionel Gittens, of course. So I was feeling fairly confident uh, with just the quality that we had at our disposal. And then reality yeah, was- comes crashing down, of course, <laughs> after scoring, after giving them a first goal. Yeah, I was just gonna touch on like the the lineup in the bench. It like you said, it like it shouldn't be this exciting, but it was so exciting seeing that bench. Like I was more excited seeing that bench than the starting lineup because uh everyone on the bench, like we'd seen start throughout the season. Like any of those guys you would you could have seen in the starting lineup, whether you liked it or not, like I'd say Hazard, like I typically wouldn't take him in the like in the starting position, but we've seen him there time and time again. Um and it was just like none of these random youth guys who I know nothing about on the bench, which we've had to re- like rely on so many mm-hmm. times lately. So that was exciting to see a healthy bench. I didn't know Modest was going to be ready to go because uh, he just had his surgery. So I didn't know he was going to be healthy enough to be on the bench. But yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll run through the lineup before we dive in more. Um, Koble starting the goal, obviously. That's going to be my, my New Year's resolution 2023. Never forget about the keeper like I always did before. So Koble, <laughs> we had Guerrero left back, Schlotterback and Hummels got the start in the center back. Uh, Julian Rierson said it wrong last week. I think we got the correction that it's not Ryerson. It's Rierson, unless you just want to be American about it. Um, but Rierson at right back, uh, jump straight in. I'm excited to talk about him because I, I liked his game. Bellingham and Oshan, uh, the double pivot. And then uh, Adeyemi, Brandt, and Malin in that uh, attacking front. And then Makoko right up top. Um yeah, starting lineup and then the bench red. I just got to read it because like it, it's it's nice. It's nice to read. Haller, Reyna, Jamie Bino, Gittens, uh, Sule, Meyer, uh, backup goalkeeper, Dehoud, Hazard, Wolf, and Modest. Looking pretty good. And then the game was chaos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was anything but calm and collected, really. Um, yeah, I liked Rierson as well. I mean, of course, we've been looking, we've been playing with the recently the three center backs in. Schlotterbeck, Hummels, and then you have Sule poking out a little bit more as a right back, of course. And then when we want to dip into a back three at times, he could do that and um, push a little bit further up as well. And we've seen Sule go and score a few goals even too. So um, it's a versatility with Sule, of course, but you also just want to have an actual wing back. And like I said uh, last week about Rearson, I mean, this is kind of like a peace check like signing and he takes peace checks number and he's going to just put in a shift. I mean, if, if he ran the most out of anyone 
on the field. Do you have that stat off the top of your head? I forget what it was by chance. Ooh, I, I don't have the stat, but um, I mean, my, my notes wrote about him like very early on in the game. He was extremely lively. When he got the ball, he was trying to push it forward, whether it was passing or, or carrying the ball himself. Um, he was like constantly looking up and uh, yeah, he, he was really excited. He got, he got up way more than I thought or was expecting and then like putting crosses in and everything. Like it was just, I, w- I was very surprised and I think my my thought was maybe a lot of this is just kind of adrenaline and he's excited and ready to go. But I, I felt like he did that against Mainz too. Like he's uh, a really exciting signing. Now I'm going to say it officially two games in. I'm, I'm going to put my... I said that before, but now I've seen two games of him and I'm excited. It might dip a little bit, but as far as right now, and I know Munier's still a, a bit off, but I think that's going to be his position to lose when Munier's back. Uh, so really excited from what I saw from him. Yeah, and I mean, he got up, of course, but he was also going to hustle back, unlike Guerrero, yeah. and, and you know, track back, have a little bit more uh, sensibility about him, and he's not going to lose his head, and he's not going to be completely lost whenever he we lose possession and you know, know where to go, who to cover. So that was a little bit refreshing in that sense. I mean, it's unfortunate that uh, he kind of had an own goal, but uh, we'll get to that first. Or, but first, I want to talk about Jude's goal, the opening um, goal of this game. So it was at the top of the box. Uh, went back and forth between Adeyemi and Malin, and then he picked out Brandt, or excuse me, I almost said Brandt, Bellingham at the top of the box. And just, God, Bellingham is continues to be, I know he said he wanted to be a little bit more of a box-to-box midfielder this season, but to be this gifted in everywhere in the field, every area, really, there's no weakness to a game. And to pull off almost like a center-forward kind of goal of of waiting for them to make a move and then you poke out with your right and and hit it with such tenacity to go past the keepers. It was really impressive and he continues to be very impressive. Yeah, even so building up to that goal, I know he like that was his goal, but there was some nice build up play like before it or like this nice one touch passing. I feel like we saw a lot throughout this game. That was exciting because like I feel like we we don't always get that or, or we don't always recently we haven't had that kind of quality. Um, so not, not that play specifically, but I do want to point out, like I, we were seeing that one touch Dorman passing. I, I even saw it like a few times with Ryerson Ryerson to get right into that, uh, that kind of play and that style. Uh, he seemed to, I just back to Ryerson real quick too. I liked his, his positioning on that right side seemed to work well with Adiemi and then later Reina and whoever was kind of floating around. Uh, like he just seemed to be in the right spot where it wasn't too congested. He, he gave that extra option to push it out wide. Uh, to create a little more space, like he, like he just fit so well, I thought, um, which led and gave us the option for the quick one-touch passing and the, just being able to work the ball around. And then, yeah, the 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 Bellingham goal, just nuts. Like there was some good passing, like in that really tight spaces in the box, and then to kick it back to him at the top of the eighteen, and then he just his movement around the dudes. Like I, there shouldn't be an assist on that goal because like he still did so much, but it was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Just ridiculous. <laughs> it really was. It really was. And again, you, you get so excited and you think this is, the, this is the start of opening the floodgates for Augsburg. Now we're going to continue to overwhelm them and, and suffocate them with the press and just keep banging in goals. And it's just going to be a party for the remaining 60 or 70 minutes. But just, again, reality comes crashing down of being a Dortmund fan and just gifting them a goal. And I wanted to break down a little bit, I guess, a little bit more of the defensive lapses of just everyone, I guess, in the back line because 
of course, Ashchen's been getting a lot of blame for this game, specifically about the first two goals. And in all fairness, he he did have a pretty poor game against Augsburg. But I think there's a lot of blame to go around, and it's not just him or his mistake for uh, the first few goals. And I want to talk about the first one. So, Schlotterbeck didn't look like he wanted to get the ball whenever Kobo was trying to distribute. I mean, Kobo could not distribute pretty much this entire game. Um, and you have Augsburg man-to-man marking us. And any club in the league, if there's anyone, anything that's the league has uh, figured out about Dortmund is if you man mark them trying to build up from the back, you pretty much got them and you defeat our entire system. So really no one to pass to get it out to Schlotterbeck, uh, tries to give it back and then loses position, unfortunately. Um, and then now with the Dortmund lineup, you have, you have Brandt coming back to almost play that number six, which he's obviously not going to, he's not a number six and really Ashen isn't either. Uh, he played more of like a four, two, three, one with another number six to him next to him at Köln. So you have Ochan to just all, have all this space to cover in the middle all by himself, which is incredibly complex and difficult to do on its own. But on top of that, um, again, he, he is not really that experienced in that kind of role to play by himself at, at the very least. So, but with all the space behind Ochan, of course, Meyer from Augsburg is going to make that diagonal run into the middle. Guerrero is left out in the middle or the left side of the field and is not going to pick anyone up, which leaves all that space. Ashen tries to jump in and tackle, doesn't do a good job at all. He just dives in without trying to contain or have any sort of um, IQ about it whatsoever. And then it's just kind of an easy pluck in goal. And I think it's our seventh goal conceded this season alone from trying to build up from the back, which is just really, a really alarming. Um, I mean, this team just can used to really struggle at some very basic fundamentals about the game. And I think that unfortunately comes down to coaching. Yeah. Um, I mean, the good news is we did score shortly after that, but <laughs> yeah, um, from Schlotterbeck, but, no less. Yeah. I mean, seeing that goal though, that was kind of the, the crushing hope of, or, or that it just like crushed all the hope that was built in the, this, the, the world cup break. We're like, Oh, hopefully we, we figured things out and Terzic said this time to put the pieces where they need to be and, and work on and plan and make all the tactics and blue, like work on all the mistakes that we made from the first part of the season. Um, mm-hmm. And then that was just like, nope, we're exactly the same. Like we're, we're exactly where we've been this, this whole part of the season, which was just like so frustrating. It was so disheartening. And at that point you're like, how the, how the heck is this the rest of the, this game going to go and unfortunately until towards the end we weren't quite sure uh like it was, it was just a, a mystery watching the game the whole time um yeah it's it's really I, disappointing that Terzic didn't really address any of these problems and especially again how easy it can be for a team to just completely destroy our system and build up um i recently watched napoli the other day for the first time this season or at least a full game and it was against juve and i was just blown away with their build-up play uh so Spalletti, Napoli's manager, he lines up with the back four, but he pushes one of the wing backs a little higher up, similar to what Dortmund wanted to do or could do with Guerrero if they want. And then you have a number six slide into that kind of half space towards the left side of the field, and it leaves the opposition in two minds to create these neat little triangles. And Napoli just played around Juve all game. And just would, I mean, at different times where Juventus just couldn't touch the ball. And Napoli could just easily progress up the field going back a goal and then just kind of repeat. And I wish Terzic could just take a look at those kind of other philosophies around Europe or around the world, really, to get a sense of how to progress the ball at the field. Because right now, without Jude, we're clueless. Yeah, I think there were even some 
comments unless I'm getting like my games mixed up, but I feel like Terzic made comments after the game saying like we're going to, or maybe it was later in the couple days after that in a press release. I, I just vaguely remember seeing comments of him saying, all right, we, we saw these mistakes from this game and then we had a big discussion about him and we're going to work on him and blah, blah. It's like, well, you, how many times did you say that mm-hmm. the first half of the season? And that's why we're all hopeful that maybe you're going to have these discussions when we you had this giant break to rethink all your tactics and your strategy. Like it, it's like too late. Like I don't want to hear that now because that then makes me think you're just sitting on your ass this the whole World Cup break. Like what were you doing? Like you it took these mistakes again to to be like, oh, let's have a meeting and let's figure it out. It's like, no, you should you should have this figured out. It's been going on yeah. all season. You just had this whole World Cup break to figure it out. Like, or, or at the very least, have a general idea of how to minimize these things. I mean, of course, there were individual errors. I talk about Ajan making a very poor tackle to concede the first goal, but the second and third goal that we conceded were very similar, whether just kind of failing in build-up play or just not knowing what the hell to do, how to the hell to uh, defend once they get even near our final third of you know, Guerrero being pinned out to the left or to the touchline, have Ozchan having like acres of space to cover in the center behind him. Uh, and then an Augsburg game, you have Jude pushed up really far. So again, just they can just continue working right behind us. And if, if you're terrific, these are things are, that you obviously have to think about. Okay, Guerrero is a player that's not going to track back as much. You know, are we going to, how can I try to cover the center a little bit more and a little bit more on the side so we're not leaving these gaps of, you know, whether it be between Schlotterbeck and Hummels, how we can see to the second goal, or if you have Schlotterbeck pulled all the way out to the uh, left and then you have space in front of him, Ozchan's in a different space. You know, it's 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 a lot to think about, but obviously you have to have some sort of answer here, some sort of response. Yeah. I was going to wait to talk about Rafa Guerrero in the uh, Mines game, but I'll just, I'll mention it now. But it, it, so it came up in the Mines game and I texted you when it happened. Um, mm-hmm. And I've just decided I'm I'm done. I'm done with Guerrero. I'm not a fan. I haven't been a Dortmund fan long enough to where like I've had enough Guerrero moments where I'm like, oh yeah, I love this guy. Keep him around forever. Contracts up at the end. Cool. Let's clear him out. Bring a new guy in. I'm very ready to move on. Because um, not just from like the mistakes in this game, and maybe not his direct mistakes, but his positioning specifically and him just kind of running around the field doing like going wherever the F he wants to go doing whatever, whatever he wants to do. And because of all the mistakes we've been making throughout the seasons, like your first priority should be, should be like, you need to be defensive. You need to make sure you're in the right position to stabilize our defense. And I get that he can go forward and create some stuff and get a couple goals but he doesn't do it frequently enough to to warrant the lack of positioning in the back. And I've come to the conclusion now, and this is where I'm sitting. And I, I even think when he goes forward, he like, and maybe maybe it's directive. Maybe maybe Terzic is telling him to go inside more. But I just feel like it gets so cluttered in like they just. I feel like they get in each other's ways when he he goes forward and just like shoots to the middle. And then in the mind game specifically, what really like got me here to ex- to just figure out that I'm not I need Guerrero out of here and I'm not going to be happy seeing him unless he turns it around um but like he he followed we were like we're defending or mines had the ball sorry I'm fat fast forward to mines but mines had the ball and it wasn't even it wasn't a breakaway 
And I'm sorry I'm ranting. I'll try to <laughs> wrap this up. It wasn't even a breakaway. They were like slowly moving the ball up the pitch. They were like at the halfway, like just crossed the halfway line. And Guerrero just like follows the ball all the way from the left side to the right side. Like there's a point where he's probably 10 feet from Rearson. Like what? Like we have a full, we, we have midfielders. We have our center backs, got the attacking midfielders who all could have just stepped in and taking the ball, like, why do you think you're coming all the way from the left side to the right side? It doesn't make, doesn't make sense at all. It, the only thing I could think of, and this is being generous, is just trying to overload the side with the ball and trying to win back position quickly. But that's being generous. And again, I think when you texted me that, I was looking down because I was working from home and I didn't see that part. Um, but it's, I wanted to go back and just touch on before he moved on away from Guerrero. And I mean, of, of course, he, he's going to have his... Um, missteps in his defense but like again we knew this when we bought him several years ago now and we really haven't you had schultz to try to address the problem but you had no one else to really be a full a full wing back um besides guerrero and you just kind of put him in that position even though he's clearly a midfielder and with schultz it was kind of the same way and on top of that too i think we finally learned our lesson to maybe stay away from hoffenheim's fullbacks because they look way better than they really are and you have the case of Schultz before him. It was Toyon as well. Um, and then with David Rome too. I mean, he's been kind of dog shit at Leipzig this season too. So um, we just haven't really tried to address anyone or address the Guerrero problem besides him. We're just kind of like, oh, we'll stick with him and put him at fullback and hope for the best. Um, yeah. And, and that's that's an issue too. Um, part of my my frantic notes that I took when being mad about Guerrero, when I was like ranting on my notes, part of it was like, people always try to defend him and say, well, he's a midfielder. It's like, well, then we shouldn't, then let him play, then we should sign another left back. And I know yeah. Schultz was what they were hoping for, but how long is this, like, how long has this been an issue? We signed Schultz in 2019. So, I mean, it was, it, it's been a minute, you know, we, we've had time to really adjust since then and we still haven't put any sort of investment into that position. But anyway, it goes, it goes beyond Guerrero. Again, it's, it's Oz Chan's made mistake. Schlatterbeck gave away the ball. Hummels was really mentally checked out this game. He went from hero to zero and since the break. Um, he kind of looked like, you know, prime 2019 Hummels when he came back in his first year at times. So that was pretty disheartening. Um, just creating our own problems this whole game and it made it way more difficult than we need to be. Yeah, um, I mean, positive note, uh, like we did mention, uh, two minutes after Augsburg scored their first goal, we got a... Schlotterbeck kind of redeemed himself a little bit after making the mistake. He did uh, get the goal back header from uh, it was a I don't remember if it was corner or a free kick. Uh, but it was a free set kick piece goal. Yeah, which was and, uh, and, and it, I remember it's great. And then I remember Schlotterbeck said in the post game interview that he would rather just take away his goal and just not make such a stupid mistake uh, to begin with. And I think that's a you know well said quote. I think you know rather than just trying to redeem yourself like that, don't make the mistake in the pr- first place and. So I think he's got the right mentality with that sort of thing. Um, and then shortly after that goal too, like two minutes after that, we got another free kick um, in a like a dangerous position, which almost led to, well, probably should have been a, a header goal by Hummels. Kind of that good position. And then he almost like followed it up with like a bicycle kick too, yeah. which was incredible. And I, I'm not going to like, I'm not trying to break down every single moment, but what I wanted to point out in this, uh, this like winning that free kick, Right there, like we, we were getting into dangerous p- positions 
um, which was nice to see. And like I said, we, we did have a lot of this good one-touch passing. And then uh, that free kick specifically was won by Bellingham. And I, I wanted to point to, a lot of people are probably going to be mad if I make this comparison, but I promise I'm not like being too crazy about it. But like Jude in this game, and I think what he can do on the ball, like reminds me a lot of like Christian Pulisic. I um, mean, I'm not saying Jude's almost as good as Christian Pulisic. Not saying that at all, but Pulisic's ability to... He's way better my, than Pulisic. He's way, no, he's way better. And that's why I don't <laughs> want people to be mad or anything. But, but Pulisic's ability, especially when you see him in CONCACAF, to just like get fouled and just mm-hmm. like work around people. Like it, Jude has that same thing. Um, it's pretty to, similar to, to Royce too. Yeah. I mean, Royce draws a lot of fouls and, and, and just able to drive forward. So without yeah. Royce or Jude on the on the field, you really get to see struggle to possess the ball whatsoever, or it, progress the ball whatsoever. And you really start to see that in the Mines game, obviously. And in so many instances, it's not like him just going down easy. It's like genuinely trying to work around this guy, getting kicked an absurd amount of times. Like I think that mm-hmm. one, like there's two fouls on him and he went down on the second one because it was a really big tackle. But um, and Every single time, I'm just like, man, I, I hope he's not injured, but luckily he's still young and, and spry. So. Uh, just to wrap up with Augsburg, I mean, we were bailed out by individual brilliance. Jamie Bynell-Gittens, I'll talk about his goal real quick and, and Reyna's goal, of course, too. But everyone in the entire world and in that stadium knew Jamie Bynell-Gittens was going to cut inside there. But you can't stop him. You can't stop the kid. He's, he is just too lightning quick. I didn't expect him to really pull off a shot from outside the box, but not complaining whatsoever. That was a very brilliant goal and happy to have him back. I mean, that is exactly why you need a winger. And that play from start to finish shows you how well we can do with someone who plays out wide naturally. But yeah, happy he was able to get on the score sheet and get us back in the lead. Yeah, I just want to apologize real quick too if you hear a dog barking. Um, You're good. It's not my dog. I have a dog who's very quiet all the time, but we're watching a neighbor's dog and he's been barking quite a bit. But uh, I will say, although I was kind of ranting about Terzic a little bit earlier, uh, the positive thing we did see was the subs coming in, Reyna and uh, Bino Gittens in like a a good time to make. So was it like the 60th minutes around then? Like it was fairly... of course, too, Hilaire came on as well. I almost, I almost yeah. skipped over him. Which I- <laughs> no, we won't, we won't, sk- we won't skip over that. Uh, I was just going to hit on um, good timing of the subs, mm-hmm. and holy crap, we needed it. Like we, I know I've been defending Adiyemi quite a bit lately. Um, I know a lot of people are fed up with Malin, but I, I felt like, of course, we know what happened in the Mines game, but this was, this was almost the sign, like Reyna and. Bino Gittens both came in, both scored, looked very lively. Man, it was so refreshing to see Jamie Bino Gittens back, and I'm so excited because um, he was he was awesome, and like it's exactly what we needed. And I thought this was like, yep, Adiyemi and Malin aren't going to start. Like they've officially lost their spot to start, and I don't know why they started. Um, mines, like I, I just feel like they that was their sign to be demoted, and they have to work their way back to that starting position. Well, you you got to think how long they've been out, and I think they're just trying to ease him back in. And I'm not trying to have a go at JBG at all, but um, he had he had a few stinkers in the first half of the season. So I'm I'm just very glad he hit the ground running. But I don't want to uh, hype him up too much to think he's just untouchable or anything. I mean, the very last game before that that he was in was uh, Hoffenheim before he picked up that injury, and he missed a few sitters. So um, I'm I'm very glad he's back, and of course that he's back in a fizzling form too. So. Um, but yeah, I want to talk about Hilaire too. It was 
chills when he came on. The standing ovation he got was incredible, of course. It was cool to see. And on top of that, the chants too from uh, from Nubby. Just yelling out his name was awesome. It was loud as hell. Yeah. Unfortunately, I really was hoping we'd get the a goal from him on the debut. I was calling for a holler hat trick. Didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> but I still thought like he... I thought he played well and I thought he was getting in, in good dangerous positions. There was quite a few chances. Um, there was that one laid on by Bellingham who which did that just ridiculous move skill around the dude in the corner. Uh, do you remember what I'm talking about? Oh God, it was so nuts. It was, it was just dirty. What he did like back side back heel thing around him. It's so hard to describe, <laughs> but I think you know what I'm talking about. If you just go back and watch it's it was nuts. But he like there was a couple really good chances where Holler was just in the right position where if the ball would have been crossed to him, it would have been a goal. His um, hold up so, play was fantastic as well. I mean, yeah. he was he was night and day from Mukoko. I think he Mukoko just now has a salary to live up to and a contract and everything else up to live to. So I think he's just, you know, kind of overwhelmed at the moment. And Holler comes on and just like he like he's never missed anything. I mean, he looked gassed at the end of the game, but with the circumstances, then of course, also in the field too, it was an exhausting thirty minutes. So I can understand looking, you know, gassed. But I mean, Halaire was in, was a great uh, substitution that game. It was very much needed. Yeah, I don't. The, we're not going to see him start anytime soon. He's he's still got to work into it uh, quite a bit. But it's very exciting having him as an option. Um, yeah, and he, he looked great. Like his position was great. Like you said, hold up play, uh, just just awesome. And it's only a matter of time till he he gets that goal. Uh, he did get the assist. For Mainz, but uh, I mean, do we want to jump into that? I, we kind of covered it. No, we didn't cover it all. Obviously, there's more to talk about in the Mainz game. <laughs> we just kept teasing it and going back we and forth. Keep, keep going back and forth. There's anything else on the Augsburg game? Obviously, it ended four to three. I guess we should probably talk about Gio Reyna. Oh, yeah, we're back and, and <laughs> winning it. We did. We're all over the place. <laughs> there's, been a, there's been a lot to talk about. I said we're rusty, okay? Yeah. Uh, my it, timeline it was a, is not. It was a brilliant goal from Reyna. Uh, his celebrations were funny too. I mean, of course, he's plugging his ears and he's also doing the talking with his hands. I mean, is that at Greg? Is that as at his parents or is that at the media and just maybe some other coaching staff these past few weeks? I mean, who never who knows? And we'll probably never know. But nevertheless, he gets a winner here and he'll get gets another winner at Mainz. So of another player that I'm very happy to have back. And yeah. also in physically in form as well. Yeah, and well, he's one I, I I thought maybe he'd be more ready to start. Maybe we'll see him starting against Leverkusen. Um, I don't know. And even Terzic, I think before this match, so it, it was nice watching this game on ESPN. You don't always get a lot of pregame, postgame, uh, but this was kind of the uh, the big game. And with all the Geo news, I'm sure they were wanted to like hype up Dortmund a lot more. So we got a lot of pregame, and there was a um, interview with Terzic beforehand, and he he talked about. He, it was a very quick mention. Well, they asked him about all the drama, and he's like, well, I'm not really going to speak to that. But he did. He was like, we've never had any issues with Gio, uh, like attitude issues. So he, he put that out there. And then he also said he's still a player like we're being careful with and working into it. I'm like, man, I just... Which, of course, his health is like top priority. And if if they're doing what they feel is right, then great. And I can't argue with any of it. I just want to see more of him and I want to see him starting and, and give us, I just want to see him in a full game. That's what I want. But and we yeah, might see that against Leverkusen, uh, Leverkusen, excuse me. <laughs> but um, it, yeah, his shot was an absolute peach. It was a good switch of play from Schlotterbeck 
a great first touch to set him up for a, a shot. And it's almost kind of never in doubt with those kind of sh- I mean, that is a literally like a Geo Reyna shot. He had a pretty similar one on the other side of the field, uh, maybe like a year and a half ago. I think that I forget which game it was. It might have been the Pokal, but it was a similar one. We had a first touch to kind of bring it down and hit the half volley over the keeper going across him. And uh, Rana can just bury those. So, yeah, again, I'm bailed out by individual brilliance, but three points going to Mainz without Bellingham this time. So, as I mentioned before, without Royce and now without Jude, you're looking at who is going to be able to progress the ball here. Uh, going with a slightly different system. Um, now you have Chan coming in with all his Chan as those double pivots, but you have Chan dropping in between the two center halves to bring a little bit more stability, make that back three if we want. And of course, just offer a little bit more coverage in the center. Did you have any other thoughts about the lineup or just how you were feeling about this one? Um, not necessarily. Uh, we'll just run through. Was, was Chan the only change? Yep. Really? Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, w- I was surprised to see Malin in Adiyami. That's what like stuck out. I just... Um, I, I thought that the previous game was kind of a sign that they're going to like lose their spot. Um, so it's a little surprised to, to see them back in there. We did see Sule came in for Hummels also. And I, I think I spoke to this a lot, maybe in our mid season review. Like I, it, it's nice that we have those options. Of course, like people can hate on Schlotterbeck, but um, cause all the mistakes he had been making and he made in, in the Augsburg game. And of course with Germany and the world cup. Um, but, to, to have those three healthy center backs and that kind of option and, and the ability to have that rotation is, is great. Um, so anytime I see any of those players swap out, like I've been very happy seeing Hummels and Sule. I've been happy seeing Hummels and Schlotterbeck and vice versa. I think we you almost lose a little bit when Hummels isn't in there. Like I'd prefer to see Hummels in there with insert one of the other ones, uh, but it's, it's nice having that option and to give Hummels some rest. Um, so that was the other change too. Yeah, um, and then unfortunately we concede seconds into the game uh, from a set piece, no less. Of course, I didn't even, I hadn't even like sat down yet. Like I like poured <laughs> up some coffee, and like I was still getting my coffee ready, and then that goal went in. And I was like, "This is going to be fun. This is yeah. a great right. day. Perfect. What a great day!" I was like, I was so excited to because we had our snow day, chilling at home, like sweet. I can like take a break from work and watch this, and, and then I was sad. Then you have for for a little for a little bit. I was only sad for a little bit. Uh, Rearson unfortunately didn't really uh, mark that well in that corner, but just kind of like Schlotterbeck redeems himself. Not even two minutes later, if I'm not wrong, and gets a pretty big deflection at the top of the box, but gets us right back in it, and it's one one. So it was a good response from the team after conceding early on. You know, this team has been questioned for its mentality over the past few years of. When we concede, sometimes we drop our heads and even though it might just run might be down one or even if we're tied, we'll just kind of act like we're losing or the game's over. So um, it was nice to see we're a little bit more headstrong in that sense and a little bit more confident in ourselves to come back. But after we scored it, the game just slowed down and it was very dull. I mean, I don't think I have much to say for like the next almost 40 minutes, really. Yeah, I don't either. I didn't like... you have to take notes. It's just kind of like we, we weren't, we weren't doing much. And uh, again, that just gave me even more of a reason to be like, why is Adiyemi and Mullen in here? Yeah. There were times with like for the first four or so five minutes, eh, that's not true. Like maybe like 10 minutes after our goal. I mean, we, we created a handful of chances from either at a yummy or Mullen with both of them cutting inside, which if you're going to play them in those positions out wide, I think it might be better for them to kind of make those diagonal runs or runs where they do cut inside because that's obviously where they're 
favorite position is or their favored position is. So I just wish they could have done something with it. I mean, Adeyemi missed a pretty solid chance. Um, Malin had some opportunities well, yeah, I was gonna say, but he just Mullen, consistently shoots right at the keeper. I think like the only spot he could see in a net is like right at the keeper's waist every single time. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like he <laughs> he can get in the positions where he can let like rip a shot and then it's just every single time. It doesn't challenge the keeper at all. Like, man, you got so much more goal to shoot at. Shoot at yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, he's frustrating as hell it's not it's not a game of catch <laughs> um Ugh. so it's very yeah very dull football from from dortmund and really just the game in general mines uh, playing five at the back at times trying to catch us in position by staying compact and then catching us on the break and you know we kept them relatively quiet at least i mean i think if the first po- or the positives out of the first hour um I mean, I'm putting some low standards here, but we dominated possession and we still made some chances here and there. We controlled the tempo, of course. Uh, just, yeah, didn't really do too much with it, unfortunately. But Mainz are also a really tough team to break down too. So I think we knew going into this that it was going to be tough to create options in general. But when you put Malin and Adeyemi as two of your front three, it's just kind of like asking for a goal from a deflection and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of, uh, and, and you texted me after the game too, um, which I, I would have texted more. Sometimes we uh, we typically don't watch the game like a lot. One of us usually can't watch live, or or vice, or both of us both can't watch live. But this one we were, and then like I think halftime, or right after halftime, I had to go do something, so I like paused the game for a while. So I just quit texting you, and I put my phone away because I don't want you to text and spoil anything because I was a couple minutes behind. Uh, but it turned like I didn't have anything to say to you because it was all kind of a dud. And you mentioned after the game uh, about, yeah, just always relying on individual brilliance. And that's what I think when you go back to your comment about Napoli and Terzic, um, it's like, what what is going on? Like, is there how much tactic, like how much of it tactical coaching is it's going on? That's, that's like, all we got going is, on at the moment. <laughs> like, is he... Is was he telling them to to do anything? Because we that's just where we've been for such a long time is just relying on someone to do something mm-hmm. great. Um, it seems like there's no real strategy or like what what are we doing? It's like we're, Which, we've and it, it's sad because we were so excited in the summer with the signings we made, um, like Sule and Schlotterbeck, mm-hmm. and it looked like these are more like these are guys who want to be here. They want to win stuff with Dortmund, and and it's just. It's like we signed the dudes, but we're not giving them the, I don't know, tools or whatever. To yeah, we're not really setting them up for success, are we, at the moment? Uh, it's very just stagnant in general. But oh, fortunately, we were, again, bailed out by individual brilliance and got the win again. But you see a triple substitution in the 62nd minute of Hilaire, JBG, and Reyna again. Um which just completely changed the game. I mean, we weren't looking like insane, anything like that. But of course, like now you have players who could actually link up. They've got, you know, a little bit more versatility. They can shoot for God's sake. You have a and, you have a well, hold up or a target man. Go ahead. I was just going to say, um, Reyna came in for Chan, uh, which gave, gave a little, made a lot different in the midfield. So he played a little deeper uh, this time, which gave us a little more buildup in the midfield. Uh, and then we had an extra attacker out there too. Adeyemi was, I think it was Adeyemi who stayed out there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, so that just like changed the dynamic of the buildup and everything too, having Rain a little deeper. 
which I, if there's anything I probably would have switched or done differently is I would have put Reyna out on where Adeyemi was and then brought on Dehoud. I don't know why we didn't see him this game. Of course, I was really he's surprised not fit too. to play maybe a lot of football, but I mean, I think he could have easily done like maybe 20 or so minutes. And if not, why is he in the squad if he can't do 20 minutes? Yeah, I expected him to start and I kind of was getting confused with because I remember seeing him play a lot and it it was in the friendly mm-hmm. in Spain and that's where it was. So the pace was a little different. Um, but I was thinking, I was just like, Dehoud came in in the like against Augsburg is what I was thinking. So I was really surprised that he didn't start over Chan. Um, but I, did, I don't think he came in at all. He didn't come in at all against Augsburg. Nope. So I guess no, neither of these still, games. And so a, a team against fitness, Mites but. where it's tough to break down, you'd want a player like Dehoud that can kind of open up that play, help with the buildup, which Reyna did, but I mean, that's just not Reyna's main role. I'd, uh, I'd like to see him a little bit higher up the field. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, Haller, I thought he looked pretty solid again. It was a little tougher to work Haller into this game, but man, having a target man up top that's like just gifted with his feet is just, again, night and day compared to him and like Modeste. Um, and I love having the combination of, of course, if Mukoko isn't working out one game, you could bring in Haller, completely different player, but still high quality or vice versa. So um, I was happy with the strikers. I mean, Mukoko had another stinker, but I just having the option is nice. And Reyna bailing us out again, just in the yeah. dying moments this time. Right, right before. Yeah. And I mean, I'll just say I was fully expecting, like, I was so sad already because like, ah. Just settling with it for a draw for this game. Like with, with how, I mean, all the mistakes we saw from Augsburg and we pulled out the win, thankfully. And then this game, yeah, it's just, like you said, stinker is the right word. And I was like, yeah, it's it just so a, dissatisfying to mm-hmm. get a draw. It was very um, underwhelming. And it was a very bang average performance from our attack until the changes were made an hour in. But I, I honestly kind of was feeling another goal in that game whether it was going to be against us i don't know because i mean they brought on like four different players that were over six five and just and just going at us on the counter um a lot of them with their new signings too so they're bringing on a lot of energy but um with Haller just in the box in the game i don't know i was thinking we we're going to maybe bag our back one here i mean it, where we wouldn't be strangers to it i think we did that same thing with like a 90th minute and maybe 91st minute uh winner against Mainz and at Mainz a few years back with Witzel. So I don't know. I just kind of had that romance in me or I was going for the romance of someone getting ahead on it. And it was Haller. I mean, it was a brilliant header from him, like going all the way oh, back, but still having the, the neck muscles to get it across is again, that's and, exactly I mean, the way you need a striker like that. Having a player like Haller. And I know Mukoko is agile and can jump too. Like we've seen him score amazing mm-hmm. headers, uh, but having it like a player like Haller, I guess compared to Modeste, it's just like his quickness and ability to like he was like deep in the six and he like got way out to get to that ball and then still get in a, a good enough position to get around it and whip it back in there like to put it on the far post. Like it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like that it is such a good assist and so good on him to to get to that ball, get over everybody. Like it just seems so difficult to do to get there. Um because it he had to work a lot to get there and then to put in that, that yeah. header and Reina was thankfully there to, to put it away, which is fantastic. It's a relatively easy finish for Reina, but uh, you can't knock the positioning from the guy. I mean, that's the exact kind of spot you need to be in right place, right time. And that's a poacher's finish. So Reina's not only got the ability to pull it off from distance, but be in the right time or space and right time for a tap in too. I'll take those. 
we got it. We got I a do. dark geo on our hands, you know, <laughs> he's, he's coming back with a vengeance. I mean, it's, it's so, it's so good to see, I don't know. I know a lot of people, like I, I said before, like, I hope none of this like tarnishes geos reputation. And, and sadly, I think it has for some like USMNT fans and even some Dortmund fans who've let oh, this yeah. like carry over on, onto him. And it's, it's so sad. Cause I mean, we heard it from Terzic who's known him for a long time. Um, saying we, we've never had these issues with Gio. Um, so I really hope people can like put aside, like separate him from like what's happening with Greg and his parents. Well, um, and even from the, what happened in camp. Like I, I mm-hmm. and so for the people who are like staying on his side, it's so good to come out after this break and after all this drama and like put on these performances and get these goals. Like you couldn't ask for anything better. That's what I was going to say is, is, you know, no one looked good in that situation. No one. Everyone came out of that looking worse. And as a player, the best thing you could do is just keep your head down and actually go out and try to do something for your team. That's exactly what Gio's doing. So, I mean, yeah. it's not like he's coming out and being a waste of space, you know? Yeah. And I think it's more likely that he would have come out and not produced and let it get to him. Like, not not just him specifically, but any player in this kind of situation, like, you'd fully expect them to just not be able to perform and, like, just get mm-hmm. frustrated. And so the fact that he's banging in these game winners it, it's it's so good to see yeah um i so do want to point out real quick though because um, i saw this on twitter <laughs> catching up on my dortmund twitter today but shout out to our our homie adam dorofsky if you want to know anything about the women's dortmund women's team make sure you follow adam which is linked in the description of this episode but he <laughs> did you see his tweet i did not uh, i no. think it was late it might have been late last night but he said he watched the game late he watched it on replay but he like opened Facebook and saw it was the Dortmund score predictor in their mm-hmm. story where the score is like scrolling through and you're supposed to rate uh, screen cap it to like get the score. Yeah. And he just saw like it said Dortmund five to one. And oh, so yeah. he was like, shoot, but he didn't realize it was a score predictor. So he thought they won five to one. So he's watching this whole game and like it gets to like the Man, 95th we gonna minute. Are going to score these goals anytime <laughs> soon? Like, it's 85th minute. Are we going to bang in four goals with like, <laughs> two minutes left? <laughs> That's funny. Shout out, Adam. <laughs> That's good. Oh, that must have been really disappointing then for you, Adam. But yeah, at least you got the win. <laughs> um, uh, so, I mean, anything else on mine, sir? <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah, two games, two wins, two very, very disappointing and very underwhelming performances from Dortmund. Uh, they're you know, despite having very good individual performances, the team as a whole was was pretty bang average at best. But nevertheless, we got six points. Picked up points when Bayern dropped points. So now we're only four points behind them. And we're right there for the top four as well. I mean, it's going to be a fight. There's only, I think there's actually everyone uh, between second and fifth are tied at 31 points right now. So it's it's going to be a tight race, but we're right back in there. And next game is Sunday, 1130 Eastern time against Leverkusen. Who've kind of, I mean, they're, they've been, firing uh yeah they've, they've quietly been firing too i mean uh, they haven't lost a game in i think like at least seven or eight competitive games now in the in the league yeah it, he's he's turning turn them around they're playing good football uh carver and i saw them in person in st louis that doesn't mean that i'm a leverkusen fan now pointing that out reiterating it uh but it's gonna be a it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough game uh and i yeah, I don't know. They've they've been playing good, so it's going to be a tough game. And I mean, if we look at Augsburg and Mainz for an example, who knows who knows what's going to happen? I mean, you have any predictions or any more to say about Leverkusen? 
Yeah, well, I wanted to correct myself. Excuse me. They, so they've won four of their last Bundesliga games. They're starting to pick up form because I think at first, Chavi Alonso was kind of struggling a bit to um, kind of implement himself at Leverkusen, but now he's picking up some steam, getting a lot of things figured out. Of course, the break was almost like a preseason for him. Yeah, that was yeah. that was like the perfect timing. It for really him was to, for a new coach to come in and get a preseason is exactly what he had, and because they took advantage because they came to the states. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played a lot of friendlies. Like we said, they played in St. Louis. Uh, so like just really good for them. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, you have, they have Florian Verts back who just made his first appearance in the league since, I don't know how, how many uh, months ago. It was almost a full year. I think, I think his last game was like last March or something like that. So, um, I mean, he's going to be huge for Leverkusen. Schick looks like there, he's still out if I'm not mistaken, but he's been kind of a dud anyway. This whole season, I think Leverkusen should have cashed out on him. Um, I'm I'm hoping now that we've had two games in a row where our front three aren't doing anything and we change it up and then we're looking a lot better. I think hopefully Terzik is learning and I'm thinking he's going to start JBG and Reyna or at the very least Reyna. Um, And hopefully I think I think Haller might be ready. Of course, not trying to like sound like I'm rushing him by any means, but getting, you know, two games in a row now where you're getting 30 plus minutes and he said he's feeling pretty good. Uh, maybe this might be the time to finally slot them in there. And I think we're going to be, you know, going forward, we're going to be scoring a lot of goals. We're also going to be probably conceding a lot of goals because we're not going to fix our defense overnight. So it's going to be a goal fest. And I'm going to go three to us. Nice. Um, the only concern with Haller starting, like I want to be optimistic, but the fact that we played two games mm-hmm. in a week, and this will be three in a week, technically. Um, that that's the slight worry. Like maybe it'll be the next week where he gets a start. Um, but again, exciting. I mean, Makoko's had, had a couple stinkers, so he need, he's got something to prove. Hopefully, yeah. uh, this is a game to do it. So hopefully, he can come out strong. And then if not, Haller is a good option off the bench. My thoughts. Um, and I, yeah, I do think there's going to be goals, and I hope we can. I will say, despite the chaos of those last two games we we were able to like keep our heads up and keep playing uh when when we let in bad goals like we were able to score fairly quickly after that i like both goals in the our goals in the augsburg game were like within a couple minutes i think like reina's winner was like two minutes after they scored um and the same with the schlotterback goal after mm-hmm. the mistake like we, we were able to like not let our heads down and, and keep playing and so Despite the rest of the Mainz game, like after the goal, like was pretty dull. Uh, we, we we were able to stay in games, is what I'm trying to get at. So hopefully, yeah. if if we make a mistake, uh, we can still still be strong and uh, keep playing. So I will. I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna go two one just because I want to be different and I it's don't two one win. Score. Two one win. I don't think it's gonna be. <laughs> I mean, the Oxford game was crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll go two one. That, that's what I predict every time. That's so boring, but that's what I'm sticking with. So again, uh, we're at Leverkusen Sunday, eleven thirty Eastern. Did you go to Amsterdam last weekend? Because I forgot to ask. I did not. <laughs> I did not. But oh, being no. honest with you, I overslept <laughs> a bit, and and I and I just wanted to stay at home when I did wake up. I wonder if they're doing something. Sorry, Nathan. This week. And the gang. <laughs> I'll. Uh, but I'll, I'll yeah, if they're going Sunday, I'm going. Yeah, because it's a little. Yeah, bit they're later going this Sunday. Time. <laughs> I don't want to promise anything. Not prepared. Don't know if they're doing anything. Uh, but I, I will use this as a 
Uh, shout out to our friends at Brooklyn Brucin and then uh, the case Kansas City. I forget what their their Twitter name is, but the KC guys. Uh, if there's any, if you are part of a like a Dortmund fan club supporters group in America or anywhere, really. Uh, I know we got Dumbarton Brucin in uh, Scotland, and if you guys are doing any kind of watch party, let us know. Reach out. We're more than happy to kind of spread the word. Um, and help people connect with you guys. Because that's what this podcast is supposed to be about. It's just us connecting as Dortmund fans, no matter where you are. Because it's way more fun to have a fellow Dortmund fan to be sad with. That's why I have Carver to support and be sad with. So Of course. And uh, the Kansas what, City group what it's is all deep. About. Yeah. The Kansas City group is Stop PVB, by the way. That's why I didn't remember it. Because it's <laughs> I don't speak German. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll learn there. Maybe one day. Uh, maybe one day. Yeah, but anyways, reach out or if uh, you don't know about a supporters group and you want to get involved, see if there's one like in your town. I do have a a link that says like, find a club near you. So you can click on that, check that out in the description of this episode. Um, if you haven't already, if you want to give us a, a review, a rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts, that would be fantastic. A big shout out to any new listeners we have because I know after the last episode we did, season's back, people are excited, but a lot of new listeners, so we really appreciate it. Um, and if you want to spread the word by leaving us a review, that'd be fantastic. You can follow us Twitter and Instagram. We didn't do Twitter questions this week. Uh, kind of forgot to just put the tweet out and say we're recording tonight. So surprise we're here. But if you have questions before, after a game, we're really active on there. So make sure you reach out at the BVB pod on all the socials. And again, you can find the link to everything in the description of this episode. Carver, I think I hit everything and I, I feel pretty like I did that. Usually I ramble a lot more, but that was like pretty kind of knocked it out all out perfect no you did a, you did a good job and i i intentionally didn't ask for any questions today i thought about it but i was like man we have so much to cover and i feel like i'm gonna be all over the place already i was telling you just before that like augsburg felt like two weeks ago and it, <laughs> it was less than a week but with just minds and everything and now looking ahead for leverkusen it's like jesus christ it's their fixtures are coming thick and fast <laughs> i typically don't like doing two up two games in one but we're not always able to record after every single game. Mm-hmm. So that's why we'll do one. Uh, we might have something exciting planned next week. I'm not going to give any details because I don't know if it's been confirmed, but we might have something exciting next week. That's all I'm going to say. If not, then we'll be back with our normal episode next week. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. See you guys later. <laughs>